welcome to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines, changing the conversation around divorce. This show is sponsored by Penguin in the Room. Penguin in the Room is an award-winning arts, marketing and social media management company. If you want to jazz up your socials and have someone Instagram and tweet for you, then here's your answer. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com. As always, hit subscribe to make sure you're updated about new episodes. And we love to hear from you on social media at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. You can also email us all the infos on our website, thedivorcesocial.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. So I am joined by Ella Kenyon. She's been in everything on the telly, including the Catherine Tate show and Swashbuckle. If you are a mother or father or guardian of small children, you'll have seen her lots. Ella, hi. Welcome to the Divorce Club. Well, hello. I'm doubly in it because I've had two. Amazing. <laughs> I can't wait for all of your insights and tips. Yeah, one based on truth and the next one based on lies. So I've got both ends of the Covered all bases. I've got it all covered, babes. Well, I'll say it again. Welcome to the Divorce Club for the second divorce. Yes. How does that make you feel when I say you are divorced? Oh, I immediately picture somebody with quite wizened tits. Um, I shouldn't (laughs) do that, should I? Divorced. Yeah, like a little bit, uh, a little bit like I can see a mum with dyed blonde hair and a really big glass of wine. You know, the glasses that are a whole bottle in a glass. That's not me. That's not me. I don't. Yeah, with the straw, glass straw now, obviously. Uh, Yeah, but I suppose that makes my heart sink a little bit. I also think of kind of cougars and does that mean I'm on the hunt for toy boys and so And that's so not my experience. My first divorce was brilliantly managed. We spent £150 between us and we got The Witch Guide to Divorce, the book. It's brilliant. If your relationship is amicable enough to do this, I mean, he hates me, obviously, but I realised I made a mistake. And this was in 98. And we sat down around the kitchen table. We went through the book and we didn't pay anyone except the fees to, you know, 
petition for a divorce and everything. And we just said it was unreconcilable differences and it was all sorted. But that's so interesting. Well, let's delve back a minute. So you said, when I said you're divorced, how does that feel? You seem Mm. to have these images of stereotypes. Yes, which is silly, isn't it? Distant from you. So what do you feel being divorced? Right. And it's just remembering, Samantha said this is an upbeat program. No, Uh, but we can, but be truthful. It's just that we don't have to be sad all the time. No, I want to be honest. I am fundamentally at my core, quite a sort of happy person. I think if I was a dog, I'd be like, a golden retriever puppy so in a toilet for the paper most part, advert <laughs> yeah like really just yay and then my distraction and then so yes happy person but sometimes you know I just feel a bit lonely sometimes and I think I mean I've got my 12 year old lives with me and that's awesome but sometimes I'm that close to asking the builder or the postman could you just give us a hug <laughs> you know then I don't think I want much else I think it's the name I just don't like the word I just don't like the word divorced mm. I really don't I really wanted to hang in there. My parents were divorced. My grandparents on both sides were divorced. And that's quite unusual when you think I'm 51. Yeah. So, I mean, certainly was on the cards. I just thought it was a pity that I had to do it twice, you know. So it was a shame the next marriage went <laughs> up. But that one wasn't my fault, you know. I kind of feel some responsibility for the first one, but I will not accept a jot of the second as I was in all, all manner of 12-step programs and being really honest with myself and trying to work out what on earth was going on. And I couldn't possibly have known that that he was off with another woman and had another child. So, Oh, wow. And then, of course, the trickiness then when you're dealing with the practicalities of divorce is that the negotiation is you really need outside people because he was being nicer to me than he's ever been in his life. My friends and lawyers and parents, everybody were all going, Ella, please just stop this because we were talking for hours a day and he was being so nice and he was, and it was all part of the, you know, the spoken mirrors and negotiation. And so that was, that was, really hard and also such a shock and my son is you know I've I've talked with him about this and about how much we can say you know but he he would have loved to have you know met the other child I would have got my head around that you know but there's a sort of blanket he wants it compartmentalized and separate and that's such a shame but I just think the name divorce I don't know why I the word just I don't know why it bothers me It shouldn't really, but it just does. Well, it sounds like you've had two very different divorce experiences. Well, that's true. (laughs) But I think it's interesting that word carries so much kind of emotion and and stereotype with it. It must be from the history, right? It must be the family history. It's just too loaded for me, clearly. And historically as well. And the way divorced women in particular have been treated. With a red hat and no knickers. You know, you just sort of think that's what you're dealing which is ridiculous why would I think that I know so many fabulous divorcees and I could honest to god if a man or partner or I don't care what came anywhere near me and my gorgeous little house pumpkin cottage I've got this tiny wee I'm so happy here it's just fabulous and I don't want a smelly man or woman messing it all up (laughs) I have a cottage too and I feel the same yeah I'm like now I'm on my own oh it's lovely I've decorated it it looks really great the bathroom's pink I don't want to repaint it (laughs) 
you see? <laughs> and there's not like we on the floor. Yeah. You know, I mean, really, I'm so happy here. How long have you been divorced, may I ask? I've only been divorced for literally months, like oh, officially. Wow. So I'm actually still waiting for the decree absolute because we're sorting out the financials agreement and the mortgage and stuff. Yeah, sure. It was an amicable divorce and we're still friends and we still talk. Oh, that's good. But yet none of my friends are divorced of my age. So I'm the first one and I sort of didn't have anyone to go to for advice of my peer groups. Yeah. So it's been quite a strange experience. And also I think the stereotypes that you mentioned that you think of divorce, you know, people have said to me like, oh, now you can just like go out on the town and do whatever you want. And And you're like, that's the fucking last thing I want to do. But also I've just been working in a show called Magic Mike Live in the West End. And I've been surrounded by 15 semi-naked professional dancers. And Mm. so people have been like, oh my God, you're living your best divorce life. And I'm like, well, actually, when I got divorced, I didn't really want to be around 15 men and just me. No, of course not. And wear leopard print, which everyone thinks. I've always worn leopard print. It's nothing to do with the divorce. Yeah, that make you're a wearing specific leopard print. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I definitely found the stereotypes like almost like I had to live up to them. Yeah. Like it was a rule. Do you know, it's so weird you say this because within weeks, right at the beginning, so he revealed it on New Year's Eve coming into 2018. And by February, I was in this show, Dusty the Musical, and had to snog this gorgeous young thing. And everyone's like, oh my God, so great for you. You know, you're just, I mean, I, uh, yes. And he was delicious, but um, obviously gay uh, because he was in a musical. Sorry, that's terrible, but it's true. (laughs) There were most of the people, most of the beautiful dancing boys were, but I mean, that's so interesting that you had that right as soon as it had all happened. Yeah. And I, I suppose, is it, is it interesting? I think it is. It's right there in your face, you know. Launched kind of into the sexual world. Yeah. And you think, oh, the last thing I feel is sexual right now, actually. I just feel incredibly rejected. Were they flirty with you? Well, the nature of the show is quite flirty. One of them at of one course point is. slides yeah. across the show and puts his face into my vagina. That's fairly flirty, yeah. isn't it? So I had to spray that every day and yeah. think about vaginal hygiene. Yeah, of course you did. Wow. <laughs> what were you wearing at the time? Tights and a leotard? No, it was like leather look trousers, which are actually oh, quite God, sweaty. And I'd just done up. a dance. So oh, God. I really had do? to spray and spray change pants fresh. just before the yeah. show yeah. so that they'd be fresh sweat. It was, yeah, there was I all mean, sorts of worlds of... Um, but in your show, so you were snogging this gay guy who's very yeah. good looking. And how yeah. did that feel being, I, I know we're actors, so it's yeah. a bit different, isn't it? But you're still having to be still, intimate with someone so quickly after a breakup. On one hand, it felt really weird being held and kissed. And he was a good kisser too. And in fact, we had a sort of moment behind, there were lots of costume rails that used to wheel across in the show. And in the rehearsal, we thought, let's just get this out of the way. And we went behind them and had a kiss and it was nice, you know. And I thought, (laughs) oh, I remember this. And then I sort of looked really embarrassed because for a start, literally twice his age, and he said he'd never kissed a girl. 
So he was like, oh, wow. oh my God, that was, so, your lips are so nice. I, I, that was so much nicer than I thought. I thought, oh, thank God, you know, because can you imagine having a rejection on top of the massive rejection? You know what I mean? And being like, I don't want to kiss you again. So actually, I did quite look forward to it after a while. Mm. I did quite look forward to it and sprayed the mouth with the men. But I mean, it was one of those shows where I'm sure yours is the same, where you're just seen, 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 you know, and you've got to think, how can I quickly get a breath mint in while I'm carrying, <laughs> carrying this thing on stage well, and running luckily, across and changing? I didn't have to kiss anyone, so my breath could be awful. Well, you could. You just needed a shiny new giny. Yeah. But that's like, well, I don't know. Food. I think I'd have taken kiss over go down on my giant. I think I'd have found that. I think I might've cried. I think I'd have found that really difficult. Do you think? Yeah. I think even now, when I think about the possibility of ever getting into that intimate with somebody, I feel a bit tearful and scared. It's actually making me feel quite tearful and scared right now. <laughs> See, I, I feel more scared about a sensual kiss than oh, someone really? just putting their face in my foof. Yeah, face in foof. That's so interesting. Yeah, no, I feel really scared about that. Whereas I would sink into a completely vulnerable sensual kiss at the touch of a button. Would you ever join a dating site and do all that? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I've done all that. Have you already? Yeah. Good for you. How well, was I did it? it when I was still getting divorced. Yeah. So dating sites didn't exist before I met my ex-husband. How long were you together? Eight years overall. Oh. But we were only married for a year and a half. Oh, isn't that shit? Yeah. So I was quite excited. Yeah. And especially doing stand-up comedy as well. Comedians always talk about dating apps and it was something that I could never relate to. And then I was like, oh, I think they're great. They're like a little black book of people that you've not slept with yet. <laughs> and you don't like, you don't call up someone from your past and then remember that they have a genital wart and then be like, no. oh no, actually don't come around. <laughs> no, no, I just you discover that. new <laughs> genital warts. Online. <laughs> lovely. So I've had a lovely time. I'm having Have a bit you? of a chill out time now, obviously. So you've actually got quarantine. some shags out the way and all that sort of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Yes. Hundreds. Excellent. Good hundreds. for you. Bloody good thousands. for you. It's got thousands of shags out the way. No, yeah. maybe not thousands, but I've definitely had a nice time since oh, I got divorced. Wow. And, and for me, I don't know if you... Did you have that out of either number one or number two, let's call them, that you, I was, I was sort of really excited about being sexual with someone else. I felt really like free. Yeah. Well, not coming out of number two, it's like it's really damaged my confidence in that respect. In the first one, I was okay. I came out and actually had a rather saucy affair with a Russian ice skating girl. So a uh, Russian uh, ice skater. <laughs> yeah. I met her in I met her in Hong Kong. Yeah, it was kind of bonkers. And I did I sort of dabbled a bit with that bisexuality and then found that actually I liked all the sensualness but I wasn't so crazy about intimate foo-foo stuff. <laughs> you know, so I don't think that was really for me after all. But I was very excited about. And actually, do you know what's really odd? My first husband and I had the best sex of our lives once we'd decided to divorce and once we'd actually divorced. So for about a year, we would meet up 
surreptitiously and do that. Whereas one of the reasons we got divorced was because that had completely gone and we were just like really good mates, really best friends who never did that so sort of thing. You got divorced from your first husband amicably and then yes. you had sex with him for a year afterwards. Yeah. And how was that? Was there emotion wrapped up into no, that? I can't it, imagine doing that. It was really weird. It was like all the pressure of we're going to be married for the rest of our lives was off. I didn't want to know if he had girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever. I didn't want to know about that. And I didn't want to tell him particularly about what I was up to. I wasn't just seeing him, you know. So, yeah, I think I definitely had a feeling of kind of crazy sexual liberation. Wow. So how did it peter out with the ex-husband? I'll tell you how. (laughs) I'd found someone I really liked and we went over. It was actually Rufus Hound. And we'd been living together for a while, so I didn't want to be unfaithful to him. And we went over to collect some stuff from my ex-husband and my dog, who is awesome. He's died now. An awesome rescue dog from Bassey. Top dog. And he's never, ever, ever done this before. But we went to get the stuff and the dog took a shit in his living room (laughs) this is the ex-husband's living room yeah he's not good with shit like that was too much so the friendship irrevocably broke down then and I really I was you know Rob and I were madly in love so that was the end of that and I've never been able to track him down since I kind of want to apologize again but you know it wasn't just my fault so I shouldn't really it was both of us so you've not spoken to him since no. your dog did a shit in yeah. his living room? Since wow. Jack pooed in his living room, it's been over. Do you think your dog was expressing something it felt in you? I think he might have been because yeah. the only other time that happened was a couple of years later and I was working at the BFI and we had a really annoying, horrible boss at the time. I won't say his name. And my dog was always allowed into the office. He was brilliant, superbly behaved, fantastic. And he would stay under my desk. And he was a kind of Heinz 57 dog on a string you'd see in Camden, that kind of, you know, he was awesome. And um, yeah, he just, he wandered off and that was always fine. People liked him visiting their offices and he'd gone into the boss's office and had a shit on his floor. I love that this dog was just so (laughs) in tune with you. He really is. Like, When I used to party a bit too much, the dog would physically try to stop me with his paw. He would say, let's stop that now. I mean, I'm not going to go into details, but yeah, amazing. And sometimes I would try and trick him by partying with something that wasn't illegal and uh, he wouldn't stop me. It was only when oh, he knew. Wow. Yeah. Was, was he like an ex-sniffer dog for the police? Nobody knows. All I know is some horrid person had cut a corner out of his tongue. And he was six when I got him. I had him for 10 years. He was fantastic. Rufus and I got him together. I've got his ashes still. I kind of can't quite part with him. I really think he's like my little guardian angel. You know, he goes everywhere. Oh. He's so cool. I've got a new dog now, uh, Winston, who's just a very cross German uh, he's a schnauzer, a mini schnauzer. Just looks at you like, what? What? I don't know. I just thought maybe a walk or... I'm sorry. And that's interesting because I have two cats, Victoria and Albert. Oh, perfect. Well done. You. Yeah. Thank you. And they're like, <laughs> I actually got them with my ex-husband. Yes. But I've kept both of them. And I well feel done. like they're like my little companions sort of sometimes getting me through stuff. 
Have you found that with your dog? Of course, of course. And in fact, because I'm stupid, the ex-husband is now living with his his mother, who's not really, it all deteriorated his business with the other woman very quickly. This is number two. Yeah. So he's with him and I don't know how much of his depression in parentheses, is it parentheses or quotation marks? What's parentheses? Quotation marks. What is parentheses then? I think it's just like brackets. I'll look it up. Do you mind? I really want to know. Do you know they're shouting at your podcast now? You stupid girls. How could you? (laughs) How could you not? This is what's great about editing though. I could just edit it so that To be really quick and then you have the answer. Parenthesis, a word or phrase inserted as an explanation or afterthought into a passage which is grammatically complete without it. In writing, usually marked off by brackets, dashes or commas. You were right. So it's like surplus to requirement, basically, isn't it? Yeah, like a little like explanation or like a little joke inserted that you don't need. Whereas quotations are a bit like... Yeah. yeah, So I can't even remember why I was using quotations. I don't even know what I was talking about. Talking about about. the dog and the ex number two (laughs) living with his mum. So I didn't know if he was really depressed or if that was one of the stories because he did come up with it as a reason for being away a lot. But I felt very much that in order to persuade my son to go and stay there because he found that difficult to start with, I thought if the dog is there too, maybe that will help him. So it started with the dog going, And then I was filming a lot in 2019. So in 2018, I had the dog all the time. Thank God, it totally helped me heal. And I was staying in a wonderful friend's barn with Will. Like We were just on tour together. Will had just had to come with me and he loved that time. But what it did though was sort of hit, I'm sorry, I'm on four different trajectories, but it hit pause on some of the emotional recovery. So I couldn't do both. I couldn't be in this demanding show and deal with my betrayal. So as soon as that was over and we stayed at uh, this lovely stables of our friends and we used to look after their dogs as well. So we had at any one time, we had about, you know, four or five sometimes dogs just hanging. It was just one. We lived just in a field, just open the doors, the dogs were, it was great. It was so healing. Six months of that, loads of crying. In the end, antidepressants because I just couldn't pick my head up and it was getting very hard for Will. So dogs totally healed and then brilliantly found this healing cottage and then had so much work in 2019, thank goodness, that it just gave me all that like self-worth back that I'd been missing. And I felt so much better about myself and I started losing weight again because I managed to put on six stone in the two years. Oh, wow. I'd put on weight as well at the end of my Did marriage. You? Yeah. Oh, I thought, you know, because we met when I was fat, I think subconsciously I was thinking maybe I need to get fat again, you know. But anyway, once 2019 and some self-esteem was restored, coming into 2020, it's amazing. I've been really calm around my food, which is great because normally it can have much too much, a bigger hold on me and it talks to me and makes me do stupid things that I don't really want to do. (laughs) But uh, I mean, I take responsibility. Like eating it all. There's no, I don't need it all. And it makes me feel shit. So why am I still doing it? You know? 
I think a lot of us can use food as a crutch, though. Like, I know oh, that I'm God, like, yeah. oh, I deserve this treat yeah. of, like, chocolate. And then I eat, like, the whole multi I can't just stop, you know. I just have things where it's like, I can't stop. Yeah, Some and things. people have, like, that in different, like, like shopping or, like, yes, whatever it is. Cocaine, and I think Sometimes whatever. in the hardest times in our life, we, we go back to that crutch thing, of whatever course. it's been. Of course, and interesting for me, it was toast and butter and marmite. Wow! Because that would have been the first solids my mother gave me. I'm convinced it's that. I mean, that sounds probably all a bit woo-woo, but I'm sure it's that. And all I wanted in the world was toast and butter and marmite all the live long day. I'm not a massive chocolate fan, although obviously I will hammer it if I need to. But I, I really just went nuts on that. That's so interesting that you had a really specific craving, like you do in like pregnancy or something. Yeah. And also now I've just been coming out of this thing called, I'm still sort of living it, vestibular neuritis, which is a bit like labyrinthitis. It's a sort of vertigo thing. And interestingly, I was, you know, very sick for three, four days where I couldn't eat anything. And the first thing I wanted was toast and marmite and I don't know if that's the salts that you're craving or I mean certainly I'm a mum my child as soon as they get ill they really get small you know they get young they want to watch retro things that used to watch when they were younger they want to cuddle up you know and I just think it's the same I think it's sort of you know just to sound like a fucking wanker I think little Ella was saying could I just have toast and marmite I feel better please because it's really scary you know it's that comfort thing and you know what it's all right. And I think fucking talk to your inner child and say it's really rotten that, you know, this has happened and this isn't quite what we planned with the divorce thing. But the most important thing, if anybody is listening and has children and is, I mean, I should think by the time they're listening, they've already done it, but you never know. They might mm. be contemplating it. But just talk to the children at the earliest opportunity because when this all kicked off, I couldn't say anything to Will yet because I didn't know what was going to happen. So we got a friend in and said, would you stay with him? We're going to go off. And funny enough, we went to that barn that I ended up staying in and we're going to thrash it out all night. But I don't need you to be in the house. You know, it's not yeah. fair on him. Shouting downstairs or whatever. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So your first divorce, how long ago was that? We married in 97 and divorced in 98. It was minute. We'd known each other. We'd been together for several years, but we got married and it went totally wrong the minute we got married. Yeah, same. Might sound familiar. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No children and not even a dog. So that was 98. And then when did you marry your second husband? I met number two in March 07 was pregnant by May, married by August, moved in together November 07, had the child February 08. Wow. Were you pregnant at your wedding? Oh, yeah. But we did plan the pregnancy. So when we'd first met, literally, Samantha, the only exciting and interesting thing that happened in my whole marriage, he said, there's a, <laughs> there's a conference in Swindon. Oh, why don't I sneak you down in the car and you can stay up in the hotel room? And I oh, bloody great. Now, because we were a London couple, we both lived in North London. I thought, good, because he was quite posh, but I thought, oh, if, as long as he doesn't live in like Parsons Green or something, you know, because then I can't deal with one of those hooray Henry, you know, which is not fair of me, but I was making judgments anyway, making judgments. But so I'm sure lots so, of different people live in Parsons Green. Yeah, I mean, I there's a b- yeah. nice mix down there. I just <laughs> had an experience of quite sort of stupid hooray Henrys. But anyway, because we were a London couple, we'd never been in a car together. You know, you aren't, are you? You do the tube, you meet, whatever. So this was very early on. This was about Oh, I don't know, three weeks of going out. And we were off to this, you know, we're going to go off and do this swimming thing. So he was going to drive us there. And I said, this is all great, except, and it was too early to say what the appointment was, but I had a gynae appointment because my periods had become so infrequent and I needed to go there to Harley Street on the way. And I said, I've got this appointment. Can we just do that? And then we'll go on from there. So I go into the appointment and she says, she'd done all the tests by then. Yeah, you're perimenopausal. I'm bloody 38 at the time, okay? The perimenopausal, if you want a child, you need to do this now. And I'd never particularly wanted children. I wasn't really that bothered either way. But as soon as she said that, I was like, I said, I've only just met, I've known him for two weeks, this guy. What do you, I I can't just have a baby now. And she said, no, I think, uh, well, that's fine. But this is what your situation is. Within a year, there's you're not going to have a baby. You're not going to be able to have periods, blah, blah, blah. What pressure. Yeah. So, and also, do I tell him? So we get in the car. I'm obviously terribly upset, but I can't tell him. It's new relationship time, isn't it? You're on yeah. best behavior. I'm so cool. Uh, you know, we're going to Swindon to shag in a shitty Marriott hotel. You know, I was, <laughs> I couldn't, you know, someone's got the dog. I've it's all been arranged. So as I'm going off down the M4, I start to get quite tearful. And, uh, and he's like, you know, what, 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 what's it? I said, like, it's just not the right time to tell you what that conversation was. It's just fun. I tell you what, let's have a fantastic weekend and let's just call it a day. Let's just have this great weekend. And then that's that. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I said, no, I, 
you know, let's just do that. So I left him with that and he was a bit confused. And then as we drove back from that weekend, you know, you're a bit closer. You've waited in the in the room while he's been down at the conference all day. So you're quite pleased when he comes back up at night. And <laughs> anyway, so... Um, Stockholm and we, syndrome in a hotel. Yes, exactly, exactly. I've got very fond of him by then. So we're, we're driving back up and we have by this point realised that for whatever reason, I mean, I was absolutely, I met that man and that night I phoned my stepdad and said, I've met the guy I want to marry. Obviously he said, again, really? And I said, <laughs> no, I really have. This is it. And I did. I adored him from the dot, from the get-go. And I should say that. And uh, so we were very keen on each other. So I fess up on the journey back. I said, look, it's that there's this appointment and I know you really want kids. And the thing is, that's not looking great for me. So why don't we just, instead of with this all going horribly, and he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or let's try for a baby. I said, what? After (laughs) two weeks? Yeah. Wow. So we, um, and I remember it was with Susan Earl. We went to, we went to dinner with Susan Earl and we came back and we were laughing about it, Susan and I. And she said, and you know, we did the shag. I knew I was ovulating and I put my legs up on the wall to help gravity. During the sex or afterwards? After. Well, the legs are up anyway for the sex. And then after, yeah, leaning them on the wall, hoping for gravity to help, which it did. We went off to see his, uh, his brother had a baby. And, and I didn't know at the time, but while we were sort of nursing that two week old, I was in fact, you know, a couple of days pregnant. It's just, it was mad, but we were thrilled, you know, absolutely thrilled, got married. It was all great. You know. So do you think you, obviously you were very happy at the time, but do you think the pressure of being told you can't have a baby led to you then having a baby and getting married perhaps quicker than Definitely. you would have. I think, I, do you know, I can't believe I haven't just looked at that because it's so black and white, isn't it? But yes, definitely. I am so happy I did because the kid is phenomenal. He mm. wipes the floor with me. He's funny, empathetic, gorgeous. I mean, it's ridiculous. Sporty, good enough with the academics. I mean, just such an awesome kid. And, and I know people go, oh, my kids are great listen he still swears at me and you know and gets annoyed and all the rest of it but I'm so lucky he's he's awesome and I wouldn't have missed that for the world but I do regret that I now have to you know I think that's what's so hard if there's been a nasty a nasty betrayal it's really hard to know that you cannot walk away altogether yeah because you're connected to him forever And you have to, you know, and he still sends a picture of the dog every night to me because he knows I want to see the dog and say goodnight. But I've said several times, could you send that to Will? And then I can see it. Mm. But you know what? I kind of need him too. So here we are. I've been very poorly. He's going to play football in the garden with Will tomorrow afternoon for 45 minutes. He lives miles away, but they can't be too near because of the elderly mother. And in fact, my mum phoned him and said, you're going to have to do a shop for her because I can't drive at the moment. And obviously all the slots are for, for much more vulnerable people. So, mm. Well, it's interesting that you're still 
connected in that way. Yeah, I know with that, as well as just arrangements for the child. Yeah. Once we decided it's every other weekend for a night and you pick him up from here and you drop him back then, you'd think that would be that. But then there's all this other stuff, Sam. There's all this, you know, discussion of the report, the secondary school. Is he going to give up the subject? Should we push for this? There's just the parents' evenings, the fucking school play. Who's going which night? You know, it's, you know, it's just horrendous. And how is that kind of emotionally for you? Well, thank God for the Dealing with this man who hurt you so much and I having just, to oh. talk to him regularly. It's, uh, I have to watch myself because I, I just do the compartmentalising. And, and as he has, so we, we chat civilly and then I catch it and I say, have you seen the woman and the child this weekend? Are you going this weekend? I have to pull it up and he looks like I've slapped him. You know, I just have to keep saying, no, it's not normal. It's not okay. Have you had the test yet? Have you done the paternity test yet? You know, and he's like, why do you have to keep going on about it? Why can't you just forget it and move on? (laughs) No, you know, I can't do that. Do you think you're still punishing him every time? No, because I'm not managed. Everyone says I should do it much more. I want to. I'm not very good at vengeance and... I've never been very good at all that. But I tell you, the parents' evenings, because I'm really fond of the teachers at my son's school, because that you really are, you're there together, sitting together, listening and talking. And we've had two since this happened. And I find I get drunk, which is not, you know, I don't really like wine, but that's all there is there. So I have a drink and I find I, I, I cry a lot. I have to sort of go off and... You know, and you can tell At the teachers. The parents' are, evening. Yeah, and I have to disappear to the loo and I can't. I'm just, or I go into full on comedy mode, you know, and I'm really making the teachers laugh mm. and I disappear and pull faces behind his back and, you know, and they're all falling about laughing and I feel better because they're laughing, you know. It's, yeah, former <laughs> um, mode. Yeah, and it's hard because my, you know, my son doesn't want us together. We'll say, like, for his birthday, do you want us to all go out for lunch together? Or, and he's like, no because it must be so weird for him. Mm. And why do you think you find those parents' evenings so difficult? Is it because it's that family structure yeah. that you used to have? And there really isn't that many in this little school out in the country who are in that situation. And do you think it's because you're worried about other people's opinions? I don't really care about the... That sounds awful, but I'm not too bothered about all the parents at the school... I care about what the teachers think. You know what it is? I just want them on my side, not his. Yeah. I just want them to be on my team, you know, because he's big and he's six foot two and suited and intimidating to me anyway. And I feel very weak around him, you know, and I Mm. think I just... I'm still scared of him, Sam. I think that's yeah. what it is. I'm still scared of him. And I oh, I just want to stay in my bubble without having to deal with him because it's so lovely. Mm. I love it here. I'm just so happy here. And Will and I laugh all the bloody time and we scream at each other. I mean, his last text to me was a finger. So I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's not all roses. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's terrific. I think it makes for such a different divorce 
with children. Yeah. It makes for a different divorce if you're trying to sort a mortgage in a house and it makes yeah. for another one with pets. And, you know, all those entanglements are so tricky, aren't they? I mean, I remember not even a divorce, but one of my comedian friends, I won't say who it is, I remember him saying, trying to separate from his, you know, well, they weren't married, but they bought a house together. Just trying to sort that out was, yeah. was a nightmare, you know. Are We're you, in mortgage you, now, trying to sort you? me taking it over. And oh, there's just yeah. so much paperwork that goes with everything. Yeah, of course. And I, I know people that, you know, still live together for ages because they, they can't just move have out to. of the house. Yeah. And luckily I've not been in that situation. See, now we're saying he can't cross the threshold into our house. But there was a moment, you know, when I had all this illness where everyone was like, what is going to happen? Does he need to come up and live at the cottage, you know, and, and, and Will and I were like, no, absolutely mm. not. And because I'm weak, Sam. We're all weak. Yeah, maybe we are. I just don't want to let him. That's absolutely a rule. And it's been pissing with rain and I've still made him wait out there for Will to get ready. Because sometimes, you know, in the old days, it took Will 45 minutes of me, you know, persuading him and saying, look, you don't have to go. I want to. I feel sorry for dad. He hasn't got anyone I want to go. You know, he's just, uh, you know, and then, and then saying, could you just wait in the car texting the, you know, can you wait in the yeah. car because I'm getting there, you know, and I, I don't want to push him either way. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, there's there's a lot of love between the dad and the son of course there is mm. you know it's just he's never been very good at, at knowing how to show it but that doesn't now that they've got football in common it's brilliant you're very amicable with your guy aren't you so he could stay over yeah so i know he's told me about his new relationship that he's in and <gasps> he comes around for coffee and really yeah so it's very strange that with us, it's literally just ticked over into friendship so easily. Wow. And I mean, I wouldn't, That's I don't nice. like inviting to my birthdays or anything, no. but you know, we, yeah, we do have coffee and, uh, and have a chat on the phone and it's nice yeah. oh, because we have that so shared nice. history together. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's why I find myself slipping back into, mm. you know, when things happen, say with the family or with, you know, nobody else knows like they do. Yeah. You know, that's what's so they? hard when oh. something happens. Even if you're in a new relationship, you have to explain the whole thing to the new person from yes, the beginning. Exactly. Just know it all. It's all lovely shorthand and you can just sort of get on with it. And also when, you know, I find my family quite strong and, and sometimes it was, well, it was, it was lovely to have him as a bit of a buffer, you know, mm. to just say, no, we're in our family now. We don't need to stay with you or we don't need to. And, uh, I really, you know, I really kind of miss, I miss that. And, and then when they do something crazy, I just, I want to ring him and go, Oh my God, you'll never guess because nobody else is going to laugh about that with me. Yeah. And I don't want to drag the boy into it. You know, that's another thing you be so careful with because you become very matey, especially if they're that age, kind of 12. And I have to watch, you know, he's not, he's not my mate or my partner. He's my son. And, mm. Although we do, we share lots of comedy stuff together. And I have to remind him, I have to say, look, I am allowed to cry. And that doesn't mean I'm not strong and I'm not in charge. I am still in charge, despite the fact that you are now taller than me. Um, but I am <laughs> still in charge. So, and I have to kind of remind him of that, actually. And how do you um, think he's dealt with the whole divorce situation? Well, fortunately, he's 
an emotionally intelligent chap and I had no qualms about sending him off to chat to somebody early doors. To see a therapist? Yes. And have you seen a therapist? Yes, I yeah. have too. And, Me too. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's good. Get the toolbox out and sort out what you can do for yourself. And I just really needed that other perspective. I need someone to hold a mirror and go, this is what you're doing. You know? But um, he's been fantastic. It's hard at school because he says sometimes when he comes back, he'll say, you know, they've got into a fight about something petty. And he'll say just sort of almost under his breath, they don't even know what real pain and real worry is. Or, you know, he's felt too much too soon. And that's, I'm Mm. fucking cross about that, that he's had to have that. And he finds that because they're kids, they don't know how to deal with him when he has a breakdown and he does he finds things upsetting if a family thing comes up and it triggers him off in school in a lesson if they're doing PHSE and it's when your parents blah 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 and he just he goes off and they call it up passage at his school when they go to the loo so I just go up passage and I shut the door and I cry behind the loo you know in the loo I wish he could talk more with the teachers, but he doesn't want to let his guard down at school. And I totally understand that. But it does mean that he comes down and you're the only one he might be honest with about how he's feeling. And that's exhausting as the only parent. So what will happen sometimes when he goes to see his father, you know, he's texting and and he's saying, um, don't say anything to dad, but blah, 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 blah. And I've told the father about a hundred times, would you please sort the internet out in his room? He doesn't. I have to gift data every time. You know, it's just all that shit. (laughs) But um, the logistics. Yeah, logistics logistics with anywhere is... I mean, it doesn't matter if you're divorcing or not. Wi-Fi logistics matter. (laughs) Even in a cafe. (laughs) Yes. Sort your Wi-Fi out. Yeah. (laughs) So I have a few questions to ask you about things I'm going through now that I'd be interested to get your thoughts on. So I still have my wedding dress in my wardrobe wrapped up and I don't know what to do with it. I can't repurpose it because it's not that sort of dress. So what did you do? Did you have like specific wedding dresses for both of your weddings? Yes, I did. what did you do with the dresses? Right, so the second one, because I was larger and pregnant, it was pointless there were photos of the wedding, but I photographed the dress for me, like on the bed looking pretty, photographed it for me and I've got it in a book, a photo book. So that's that. It was never going to fit for anything else. You're never going to wear it again, are you? Whether you're pregnant or not, you're not going to mm. really wear it for the next wedding. So, but what did you do with that dress? Do you still have I it? it to charity. Did you sell it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. no, I just gave it to charity. I didn't want to sell it. Nothing wrong with selling it, but I felt weird about... Oh, yeah, I feel weird about selling it. Yeah. Although I'm like, I'm never going to use it again. You're never going to use it. It's brand new and it's been yeah. worn for one day and it's beautiful. And what have you done about the rings? This is the next thing I was going to ask ah. you. So I took the wedding band off first. Yeah. And then for a while, like immediately after we broke up, I just kept wearing the engagement ring. Yeah. And then I took that off and I've got both of them in like a drawer at the bottom of my jewellery box. Yes, yes. And for some reason, I care less about the wedding band than I do about the engagement ring. Yeah, fair enough. That's interesting. I'm thinking of selling the wedding band, but right, keeping the engagement some... ring. Well, our wedding band for the first wedding had a little diamond in it as well. So it was sort of a two in one number. I've kept that. I never wear it. I've kept the band and the engagement ring. I never wear them for the second marriage, but I'm quite 
interested to know what they're worth if if this pandemic goes on too long and I need some cash. Well, exactly. It's like, you know? oh, just keep them in a little drawer and then at some stage if I need it. I, can... I mean, yeah. And then I think as far as the wedding dress goes, I'm trying to think if it was still not a pregnancy dress for... A... No, I think I'd sell it now. So what did you do with the first wedding dress? Well... It was so pretty. It was so much prettier than the next one. Yeah, I'd fucking sell it. Yeah. But I mean, we're talking about 20 odd years ago. So of course I'm saying that now. Yeah. You were talking about a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> so it's very different. Yeah. Minutes. Yeah. So uh, very early days. What do you feel when you take it out and look at it? I don't. Good. And does it talk to you? Does it, what do you feel like? Uh, why are you thinking about it today? I guess. Through the divorce and now that it's, you know, almost at the end and I'm taking over the house and stuff, I've been redesigning the house and making it completely my own. Lovely. You know, he's taken most of his things, but the things that are left over, I've got all in one cupboard. Nice. I've just been like slowly going through things. Like I had a vase of fake flowers that were fake flowers from our wedding. And so I got, and I kept those for a long time and then I got rid of them eventually. Good. Yeah. It's almost like cleansing the house, like going through all the bits and just making it my own. And like, we had a little sculpture that someone gave us of like a woman and a man holding each other for our wedding. And I sold that on eBay. Yeah. There we go. (laughs) You know, so many of those things that I'm getting rid of, but there's things that remain of this wedding dress that takes up so much room in my wardrobe. And yeah. I've actually folded it and like put it like underneath everything now instead of hanging it up. Yeah. And then also these wedding rings. I feel like they're the things that are like the main leftover. It's not like I feel like I have to get rid of them right now or do something right now, but it's just that I'm thinking, yeah, I don't want to have that wedding dress in my cupboard forever. No. But equally, I don't not. know if I can sell it. What's the worst that happens if you sell it? Well, I don't think anything bad happens. No. And in fact, you might feel a sense of relief you didn't think was going to come. Because it sounds like there's some resentment around it. I would let that badger go quite soon, actually. Yeah. I just like, I need a bit of a fresh start. Yeah. I still have pictures up. This is another. What do you do with your wedding pictures? Because I still have wedding pictures up on my wall, but the ones just of me because I look really nice. Because you look fucking awesome. And also it's one of the only times where you have like a nice photo taken of like me and my mum and my sister. Yes, your family, your girlfriends, you know, you're all looking great. Oh, So they're up on my wall, but just not with him in it. I think that's absolutely fine. And don't take them down, girl. I mean, so what? It was a, it was, you're not trying to erase the fact that you got married. And I'm sure it was a fantastic day and you had some really good years. So I think that's fine. I mean, I, it was weird really for the first wedding just shows how quickly it all went wrong. We didn't even have them developed. So I have some envelopes of the negatives and I can't bring myself to throw them away. They're only envelopes, you know what I mean? Mm. I've never printed them. Ironically, for the next one as well, even though we were married for over 10 years, we never printed them up and got them framed or anything. My parents have a picture of us from the wedding day that they framed. I think that's still up. 
Well, my mum has a picture of me at the wedding. Without him? Yeah, in my wedding dress. And it was like a moment. It's actually a great picture. The photographer did a great yeah. job. <laughs> it's like all my bridesmaids are sorting out the, because my dress had loads of different layers in the skirt. Oh, so sorting lovely. out all the layers. And then I'm in the middle. And it is like a really oh. cool black and white photo. Oh. And, I, and I remember when I got divorced and my mum said, can I still keep that photo up? Because it's really nice photo. And I was yeah. like, yeah, sure. yeah, 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 please, please. <laughs> it's great. I'm a princess. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to remember the good times. I yeah. Think. I think it's a really tricky one when there's been such a lot of colossal lying because it's not about when, you know, they swap numbers at some conference and off they went. It's that I want to know when he went off me to want to pick up somebody's number in a, yeah. you know, I can't, I sort of just can't work out what more I could have done, you know? And of course I've had a couple of brief things since he's been gone and it doesn't matter how lovely they are, does it? It's not actually about me. I, I mm. shouldn't be worried about that. It's nothing to do with me, frankly, no, which, is, which is, you know, hurtful in itself. Do you feel guilt for that scenario? Even though he was the one who was in the wrong? It sounds like you um, seem I do. to think I feel, it's your fault. Yeah, I still, I still, yeah, I'm still kind of working on that. Everyone's like, for fuck's sake, Ella. But yeah, I just keep thinking, is there anything else I could have done? Uh, but actually, <laughs> you know, if we really strip it back, I was in therapy because at one of the points, one of his lies meant that I needed to go to therapy. And she was saying that, you know, it was not a good environment for my child. Mm. You know, the amount of emotional damage that was happening. I still feel guilty that I was like, I can't get divorced again for fuck's sake. I still love him. Surely we can work this out. And I didn't want to hear that this was damaging my child. Yeah. And I thought I can still protect him. I can still protect him, you know, but actually it's the best thing that could have happened to their relationship because I can protect him much better at a distance. Yeah. And I can keep telling, I mean, I eventually uh, persuaded him, you know, to go and see a therapist himself. And I kept setting that up and he wouldn't go or this or that. This is your ex. Yeah. And then, you know, that thing people get when they first go to therapy and they suddenly realize that it's not all their fault and that, you know, their parents probably this, and then they get euphoric and they have a sort of honeymoon period yeah. and they feel all, sort of admonished of all guilt or, or blame but then when I think when it got down to the nitty gritty he decided to leave the therapy but you're in therapy as well aren't you for the guilt yeah 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 but for, yeah totally I think that's so common as well like even if your marriage ends on a good note you still think oh you know you never want yeah. to get divorced no that's you not why you did things. it yeah so do you still feel that you still feel that guilt I guess I feel guilty not that it went wrong but that it didn't last longer yeah I don't feel that it was my fault that it went wrong or his fault oh that's good I just feel that it's a shame and I feel sad that we couldn't have worked it out yeah I just think it's this weird thing of like so many people have been through divorce yeah but it's something that we all avoid yes. and actually so <laughs> often true. 
it makes you so much happier in the long run. Like I'm definitely... You are happier yeah, now. I'm definitely happier now. And all yeah, my friends too. say, and my family, and, you know, it was a good thing that we got divorced and before we started to hate each other or resent yeah. each other or whatever. But it's still something that, even though I'm happier now and I'm glad we did it, I still yeah. don't want it to have happened, which is yes, weird. Yes, you see, and we've come full circle. This is exactly it. We're both happier, right? Mm. But I still feel, I don't want to say, I don't feel shame, but I just feel sad. And I feel like it's just that, oh, you know, twice divorced. Oh, you know, I will never forget my grandma. She was devastated when my, she was my step-grandmother, but she was devastated when my first husband and I decided to call it a day. And she wasn't a big cry, you know, she's a very tough woman, she's a social worker. And she had tears in her eyes and she just said, it's so interesting that you young don't want to work it out. You know, you don't want to try and fix it. You're just going to give up. And oh, I felt fucking terrible then. Mm. Terrible, you know. It's so common from an older, older era. Yeah. And of course, she hadn't divorced, but whereas my paternal mum and my maternal grandparents, they both had. So it was only grandma who hadn't. And also, I think a lot of people in years past have stayed in horrible situations yeah. just Being because bullied. they don't want to be divorced. Exactly. And isn't that insane? I wish we could just reframe it in our heads, you know, and look at the facts that are right in front of us, which is that we are both much happier. And I really am. I was, you know, as you say, like my friends and family, are like, oh, you know, you're back. You were this sort of shell of a person and I I mean my career he was saying you know you should just teach now and I was thinking oh yeah maybe I should just teach now you know I mean it was just like no what are you doing there's lots I still want to do piss mm. off but we are happier now I think that's We're a happy. lovely place to finish yeah, isn't it yeah <laughs> Um, thank you so much and You're for so sharing welcome. with me and being so honest it's great could you tell people where they can find out more about you and follow you and things? Oh, hello. Yes. So I'm on Twitter. I think I'm just called Ella Kenyon, but it's irritating. It's K-E-N-I-O-N. -N. And I'm on telly doing things. Oh, I should plug things, shouldn't I? Yes. Oh, you know, Shakespeare and Hathaway and The Night Before Christmas on Netflix. And I'm about to be in Four Lives, which will be on ITV. And The Duchess with Catherine Ryan. There's lots of things. Ella Kenyon. Amazing. Check her out. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, hi. Thank you for listening to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines. Please leave us a review. Please, please. Um, it would be super nice. They're lovely to read. They keep me cheery and happy and keep me going. Uh, but also it affects our listing in the podcast charts, uh, which are very important because that's how more people find the podcast. And I'd love to help more people get through those really tough heartbreak and divorce times. And they're more likely to find us if we're higher up on the charts. So if you'd like to leave a review, I'd love you forever. You can leave them on iTunes is the big one or most podcast platforms do them as well. I'll take all the reviews you've got to give. You can also uh, get in contact on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. We have a website, thedivorcesocial.com and we have a Patreon account, which means that you can support the podcast for as little as £2 a month and it helps me with all the admin costs. It also means you have access to our 90 style divorce and heartbreak chat room and there's lots of exclusives on there, little bits of audio that you don't get in the main podcast and some giveaways as well. So I'd love to see you over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines and please leave a review. Did I say that already? Please leave a review. Love you forever.